Episode 28 God of Mercy, Grace and Love Part 3 But it was the woman you gave me who brought me the fruit and I ate of it as it is written. How many times have we been caught red-handed and then blamed our wrongdoing on someone else? This is most certainly not a new foreign concept to anyone willing to objectively view themselves or even simply reflect on who they are as a person. To some extent, this maturity level um, can begin as early as two or three, I believe, but sometimes people remain in denial or immature regarding this introspective perception of themselves all through their lives. If you've come this far on our journey, you must be one of the people able to critically analyze who they are deep within or at least be in the process of self-discovery. All in all, I would like to welcome each and every one of you as we journey along on a one-of-a-kind adventure of discovering who God is along with what it means to be a Christian. I am humbled that you made the time to listen to this podcast or read this book and I assume and I assure you, sorry, as God is my witness, you will not be disappointed. So come along, share the word, and on that note, let's begin. The sinful nature we find within each of us can be directly traced back to our parents Adam and Eve. We've spoken previously on the many possible dimensions that could exist in our world simultaneously within our visible physical world. Indeed, some of the most powerful forces that affect us earthlings are totally beyond our control and seemingly directed by some other powers. There is such precise and highly exact characteristics in our world that are so powerful and beyond our control that most of us are forced to only be left in awe and wonder. We touched a little bit on how massive and powerful the sun is, and yet it is perfectly placed in exactness to some standard that if it were millimeters closer to us, our world would not be able to support life as we now study it, and the same notion applies if it were just a little more distance from us. We also find ourselves with a moon that is also perfectly placed in space in order to aid with our seasons and tides. Move the moon further or closer and things on earth would be very different. The planets contained in our solar system are also placed where they need to be and they may hold deep mysteries and maybe in some way helps earth thrive as it does now. We just don't know yet. Death is no light matter, and it comes to us all. This is the ultimate destination of all, and for most people, it is the scariest event of this life. Since this is the ending reality to every living organism, isn't it obvious that we should be absolutely sober-minded as we make each decision pertaining to this life? If you can read or understand what is being said in this CFT podcast, then be assured that death is something you must think about and actually critically think about it. This, is, this as mentioned, was the ultimate loss. And so wanting Adam and 
Eve to treat it as such, God did not play any games but gave the worst case scenario, as we may put it. However, this death came not as a one-time event, but almost as a slow and painful death. As we observe all life get sick, wither, and die, it is hard not to be lost for words, especially when considering those who are suffering. <coughs> Pardon me. Then there is war, diseases, accidents, and every manner way that all life dies, and may it Maybe it is enough uh, to cause anyone with a sound mind to actually go crazy. Maybe this is the very reason some people decide not to believe in God. How can a good God, there isn't, cause or let so much pain and suffering into the world? I am currently comforting a close friend who just recently had a loss. His fiance, whom they were to wed in this very summer, suddenly and without warning passed away. She was heading to a dentist appointment, my buddy told me, when her stomach started hurting. She didn't know who to reach out to and so she called her pastor. Her stomach then got worse as she had excruciating pain and so she was rushed to the hospital. Later that day, my buddy continued, at around midnight, I called and she was able to say hello and those were the last words from my love. She was soon rushed for some ultrasound imaging after her stomach had bloated as if she was many months pregnant. My buddy slowed down his words to almost a whisper as he told me that essentially all her internal organs had liquefied and she drowned from within. As I spoke to my friend, I could not find words to convey just how sad I was for him. I moaned and, and groaned as I repeated, I am so sorry my brother. As we finished our conversation, it sounded more like he was comforting me than the other way around. How does a good God allow for such things? I recently lost a cousin. Again, suddenly some close friends of the family and a close friend is also caring for her son who had a rare type of cancer and, and has to go through surgeries and chemotherapy. My grandparents from my wife's side of the family are in their 90s and slowly, slowing, slowly slowing down. This is by no means the extent of the kinds of pain just my own one heart is experiencing, but I wanted to skim the surface of how much pain we all experience. Every single moment of every day, there are people suffering for one reason or another. If you're not one of them today, rest assured, it is only a matter of time and actually sooner than later when what seems like a huge injustice will transpire and you'll be forced either to believe in a God who is love or lose faith altogether. 
Let me encourage you, brothers and sisters, to accept God's word in the scriptures so that no matter what this world throws at you, your faith in an all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent God who is love will not wither and die but will be built up strengthened by the fact that everything has a purpose and that the season you're on is not the ultimate permanent existence your faith in his word will also draw you to a different spiritual being whose qualities are the completely opposite from that of god lucifer the great deceiver no matter what definition of this name Lucifer you will find that is both in biblical <clears throat> excuse me and mythical texts, the name Lucifer speaks of the morning star that's brightest and the boastful one full of pride. In the biblical text that we will read much later, but worth mentioning here for context purposes, before the creation of mankind, God already existed and he had also created angelic beings along with other heavenly hosts to whom he had suggested, let us make man in our image as it is written. At some point, one of the archangels decided that he wanted to be worshipped as God and so rebelled and convinced many other angels to rebel with him. Now, obviously, I am going well beyond what is written for the moment anyways, I thought that it would be wise to share a little insight on the thought that it would be wise that that sorry to share a little insight on the mysterious being that appeared as a serpent and tempted Adam and Eve. This would also explain the killing, stealing, lying and destruction we see in our world. Adam and Eve while practicing their God-given free will also had a tempter that approached them, questioning the very command God had given them regarding not eating from the forbidden tree. At this point, we cannot conclude on how this turn of events would have unfolded were it not for the cunning Lucifer in the form of a serpent. So this is to say that as we view our own lives, We've been granted the same free will in order to do with it as we please. However, there is also another influence that cunningly approaches us and thrives on our temptations. What we observe in each of our lives is a freedom to either choose right or wrong at every turn and almost assures the words you are reading or listening to, several internal voices speak on your choices. These are our thoughts. And they either encourage us to make the right choices or the wrong ones. Our thoughts have influences, just as Adam and Eve's thoughts had influences. Making right choices always is impossible. In fact, the more we try on our own power to make right choices, the more at some point we give up as the journey gets harder as we move along. Why is that, you may ask? And it is simply because of the sinful, fleshly nature we all possess since Adam and Eve's fall. Before their disobedience, they had true freedom given by their Creator to completely obey Him. He had proved Himself to be love in all its wonder, 
perfect love even by not wanting to create them as robots who would be programmed never to disobey, but more like companions, colleagues, friends, loved ones. God wanted to have a perfect relationship with Adam and Eve and subsequently all of humanity and nature, and that's why he created them. God could have chosen to make them remain obedient and without a free will, but he did not want to be a dictator and tyrant. Even though he knew that they would be disobedient, just as he knew that Lucifer would rebel and cause many angels to join in the revolt, God still created, gave free will, and let the chips fall where they may. He knows everything, and so it was for someone else that he decided to carry through life as it is. My brothers and my sisters, I subject to you, it was for you and I. As a good father, God created everything, but the laws of the entire universe, sorry, put the laws of the entire universe into motion, balanced everything perfectly, just as the perfect creation he had brought forth, then brought mankind into his perfect world, all out of love. He made mankind in his image, so mankind would have a, cho a choice in having a relationship with him or not. God did not intend for Lucifer to fall from grace, and neither did he want Adam and Eve to disobey a direct command. Lucifer wanted to be like God, and this is the very temptation he used to convince Adam and Eve that it was okay to eat from the forbidden tree. By their own free will, Lucifer had secured and locked in the consequences of his actions, and more importantly, so had Adam and Eve. You see, every time you go against sound advice, in essence, you are being disobedient to God's voice to do right and in fact, yielding your own free will to the tempter, Lucifer. Your disobedience, just as Lucifer's, Adam's and Eve's disobedience, has consequences. God allowed for this phenomena so we may really and truly understand ourselves as a human species and maybe someday realize that our free will was given out of love and we need to always use it for good and not for evil. The world has always been in a constant state of war and the proof, if you need hard evidence, is in our history books and indeed playing out in our very lives right now. From as far back as our history books record, mankind has aspired to rule over his fellow man. We have used every single excuse available in our known world from claiming and claiming and and royal spirit claiming royal and spiritual bloodlines to straight racism and classism. The ones who rise to the top over everything that we consider good and over the years we also saw religious circles do the same thing in order to control those they exploit. You see, people perish for lack of knowledge and this knowledge has been and continues to be hidden from the masses. I thank God for what the internet has allowed us to do. Now, I am not naive to think that the deep and ultra-deep webs does not exist in the underbelly of the internet where hell itself is found, no. 
Just as I can, observe and be involved with new technology helping slum dwellers find innovative, sustainable and ethical practices for pulling themselves out of abject poverty, I also am well aware of war games and the testing of nano and nuclear along with biologically advanced weaponry that will soon enter the world stage. This knowledge of the dual existence of good and evil is never far away from my mind, and this is the way I train my mind to think. I am never swayed too far to believe that all is well with our world, but I am also living in constant fear um, regarding the doom and gloom that surrounds us. Like godly locks, I am in the perfect zone where my faith keeps me firmly grounded that God is in complete control and that gives me a hope and a future. I can endure through everything that life or the enemy throws at me as I believe the one I believe in is greater than the one that is in this world. Knowing God, my brothers and my sisters, is the beginning of all knowledge. In other words, in order to gain true wisdom, you must get to know God personally and you happen to be on the right journey towards the sand. The incredible amount of knowledge that we find in our fingertips requires us to have discernment and obviously, as mentioned, information is power and the ones who want power over you will use every means necessary in order to do exactly that. So you must guard your heart from deception by continuously choosing to do right and resisting doing wrong until doing right becomes the norm, which is actually contrary to our human nature. Adam and Eve's disobedience opened and paved the way for Lucifer and his demons to exercise what seems like absolute evil control over our world, and there are also those who willingly sell their souls to the devil. Please don't label me as a loon or a conspiracy theorist until at least the point in time when we will be reviewing the last words recorded in the scriptures, lest we prematurely end our journey and not let God give his evidence. The least we can do is study the evidence that show us who God is, along with what it means to be a Christian, and then we can be truly free to make any informed decisions. Adam and Eve's disobedience brought upon the kingdom of Lucifer, and so he ended up having reign over the perfectly created world. Why did God give him dominion over the perfect world he had created? Why did he just lock him up in celestial supernatural chains and then banish him to the abyss, a place where God is not present, maybe a place of eternal torture for his role in not only pridefully rebelling, causing others to rebel, but also tempting and causing mankind to also be disobedient? Great question. Some of you know where I am going with this narrative, but again, it is imperative that we stick to the evidence provided in the scriptures. Now we see a world full of hate and war and sickness and awful natural or unnatural really, disasters and so on and so forth being the main soundtrack of our existence. No matter where we go, evil is found in all its many aspects. The main place where evil dwells, however, the main battleground is actually within each of our hearts. 
The human heart is really the greatest mystery of our existence. Within our hearts lay the very heartbeat of God, along with everything that is good and holy and beautiful. Within our hearts we find innocence, we find faith and hope and righteousness. Inside our hearts we're able to be empathetic, compassionate, and with a moral consciousness that causes us to do everything right and are deeply affected when we do wrong. On the other side, our hearts are exceedingly wicked and every kind of evil can be found within it. Pride, lust, envy, hatred, lawlessness, selfishness, along with every wrong that exists, exists first within the human heart. We carry out the greatest good while also carrying out the greatest evil within the same heart. I gave the example of a highly decorated SS officer during the Nazi regime going to work each morning and personally seeing to it that thousands of innocent lives are taken away and then at the end of the day walking to his home, a residence conveniently located near the death camp he works at, and kissing while tucking in his children. How is that even possible? The devil, Satan, Lucifer is a spirit, and so are his demons. As spirits, they are able to assure different to assume sorry different forms such as man or animals, i.e., a serpent. Thus, there are evil spirits at work in our world, and since they are spirits, we cannot see them in this realm of dimension, and that's because they exist in the spiritual world, a different dimension from our own. They can peer and have much influence in our realm. As how do you fight an invincible, cunning, lying, thieving, destroying murderer? At the moment, this is too deep, and so I will return to the scriptures for more clarity. I simply wanted to build the understanding that again, there is a spiritual world that exists simultaneously and parallel with our world that we ought to be aware of. As we read in the beginning, as, as is the spiritual world that caused the physical world to exist, I want you to keep this reality of the spiritual world in your forebrain. Have you eaten of the fruit I commanded you not to eat? Yes, Adam admitted. But it was the woman you gave me who brought me the fruit and I ate it. Adam was very quick to sell out his wife and not take responsibility for his actions. What an awful way to be that when our wrongs are found out, the first thing we do is find a reason or scapegoat for our actions. Adam was the one who received the direct warning as it is written and then was entrusted to pass it on to his wife, which we know he did. However, in their moment of temptation by Lucifer in the form of a serpent, Eve disobeyed and ate of the forbidden fruit. She doesn't then run to go and find her husband in order to get him to partake. No, she hands it to him as he stands there right beside her. It is like this couple conspired to do wrong together and had even maybe rehearsed their responses as they justify, justified sorry, how it is that they disobeyed a direct command. In 
Instead of owning up and manning up to what he clearly knew he had done wrong, he blames his wife. Man, let me address married man for a quick minute here. Have you ever blamed your wife after failing to protect her from making decisions that you both knew to be wrong? Have you ever failed in providing the godly leadership that is needed in each family in order for peace, love, and harmony to exist in the household and then blamed your wife when things went wrong? Men, are you harsh, abusive, and a tyrant in your home because you'd rather have your way no matter the cost? Do you know that it is you, not your wife, that will first have to answer regarding the state of your household? We're all descendants of Adam, gentlemen, and this is a clear picture of how we're failing God, our families, humanity, and even nature. When we do not take seriously the warnings given to us, along with guiding principles unwritten, underwritten in the scriptures, we fail in every way, and it is our fault the world is the way it is. Was it possible to resist the devil? Absolutely. Otherwise, God would have never allowed him anywhere near his perfect creation. So why did he? Free will is the greatest expression of love. And since God is love, he had to give a free will to his angels and to mankind. But why? God wanted to have a relationship with free moral beings who could choose. Without this choice, we could only be like animals, only following our instincts and never really truly enjoying a love relationship with our maker. He could have created mankind like that, but God decided to make him in his image, the image of love. God knew well before us the, the understanding, sorry, God knew well before, beforehand everything that would happen and he let it happen. If he gave us the understanding to know everything as he does, there is no doubt that this, we would find out, is the best and only way the world could have, should have, and was created. We would not spend a single moment questioning God about why he made the world the way he did. Instead, we would spend our time worshipping him, glorifying him, giving him thanks and gratitude for being so awesome. But we do not have unlimited understanding of everything. We have a free will and can either choose to use it for good or for evil. This is left up to us. After Adam was found out regarding breaking the only command given, we do not read of him being sorrowful or broken up about his decision. He had done the worst thing he could do. And instead of owning up to it upon discovering his blunder, he covers himself and runs and hides. At no point does he show remorse and seeks out forgiveness, even as being questioned by his maker. This is the level and depths of the arrogance we find in all of our hearts, starting with men, and we need to admit to this truth to ourselves. Analyze your own heart, and when you find wrongs you have committed, do not give an excuse. Quickly admit it to yourself. Seek forgiveness from God and then make it right to those you are hurting right away. Do not delay. The death that comes as a consequence for breaking the commands carries on in all of us.
Adam did not have the guts to own up to his mistakes. Even after breaking the command, who who knows what God's reaction would have been if only Adam, Adam had confessed and repented for being disobedient? In our own court systems, when we break the law, for example, offenses in the criminal code, the crown or persecutor or the government seeks to invoke the direct consequence of that offense. In my case, I had been arrested for driving without my license, driving without insurance, and I didn't have my license and it had been suspended for a previous offense of driving under the influence of alcohol. The crown or the persecutor or the Canadian government wanted my license to be further suspended for several years, require me to pay hefty fines and attend a, dri a driver remedial program as well as have me serve a minimum of six months in jail. I knew very well that I had broken the law and that every step of the way and that my choices had consequences. I knew that I had done wrong and was already remorseful for my actions. After I had lost my license for driving under the influence of alcohol, I spent a considerable amount of time thinking about what may have happened. I thought about how I may have lost control over my vehicle due to my impairment and crashed my car, injuring myself or even dying in the process. Worse still, I know of families who had been killed by drunk drivers and mad Mothers Against Drunk Driving is an example of an organization that is devoted to stopping the senseless death of many due to drunk driving. How would I have been able to live with myself if I would have killed someone while driving drunk? I let this reality impact me to my core so I may never, never, ever again get behind the wheel after consuming any amount of alcohol. I deeply regretted ever convincing myself that what I was doing was okay and that it was no big deal because it really was. I did not allow myself any kind of excuse such as depression or temporary loss of judgment. I did not want to ever find myself in such a situation ever again. Above all, the knowledge that God had given me a free will, and this is how I had chosen to use it, tore me from the inside out, and I cried in deep repentance. I knew that I had done wrong and completely left my fate at God's hands. Not the human judge that threatened that he had the power to either release me or lock me up in jail, but my Heavenly Father's hands. I knew that I was guilty and needed to face whatever consequences God saw fit. And indeed, he used the court system to discipline me. I had acquired some legal assistance, not to evade the consequences of my actions, but rather to plead my case regarding my sentencing. I deserved all that would be dished out, but I pleaded that I did not deserve going to jail, even though that would have been the appropriate sentence for my law-breaking. I knew I had learned my lesson and had determined never to re-offend. What if Adam and Eve had immediately sought God after breaking his only command? What if after the immediate regret they felt and the shame of their nakedness had caused them to 
to run towards God for confession instead of running to hide? What would have been God's response then as the almighty being that he is? Do we honestly believe that God would have been indifferent in their humility in repentance? With the God who created them, the one who made them in his very image, the one who gave them dominion over his perfect creation, the one who he is himself love, not have found within himself to change his mind regarding the consequences that Adam and Eve deserved? If a human judge could look at my case, hear the evidence against me, and know that he has the ultimate earthly authority over what happens to me and decide to lessen my sentence, how much more our Heavenly Father? If you parents know how to be merciful and gracious to your children when they acknowledge and repent from their mistakes, how much more our Heavenly Father? God had clearly explained the very worst thing that would happen lest Adam and Eve now say to him, But Lord, we did not know how terrible the consequences would be if we consumed of the forbidden fruit. They knew that this was worst case scenario and they still did it. It's like me when I chose to drink and drive after knowing full well that there would be consequences if I were to be found out. Worse still, I knew that the outcome of my rebellion and law breaking could end up in a worst case scenario was I to kill innocent people. Could I have been able to live with myself after the fact? Thank God I got pulled over and had to face a much lesser sentence than I would have had I killed someone. There is a lot we do without thinking of short-term and long-term consequences, and this is a huge error in our moral judgments. It seems like we would commit some of the worst atrocities our minds can imagine where there are no consequences, as how could we then explain events such as the Holocaust? How could we explain all the wrongs we've ever committed in our lives under the cover of darkness or without anyone's knowledge? How can we forget that there is an almighty God who created us and will require us to give an account of everything we ever did with the life he gave us? These thoughts should really shake us to the core and cause us to have a holy fear of the one who can kill our bodies as well as our spirits. Do we honestly think, like Adam and Eve, that we could cover up our wrongs and then run and hide? From this moment on, and for the rest of your life, know that this one thing, God will not be mocked. Whatever a man saws, they will also reap. It is the honor of my life to be able to engage in this level of studying the scriptures with you. And I thank God, our Creator, Father, for each and every one of you. Even though we are finding out about a God who will have nothing to do with evil as he is perfect, we are also seeing him being personable. His standard is perfection, but it seems like love will not hold him back from extending grace mercy and love what am I doing I might be jumping ahead of myself here you see I've committed to reading the word of God in the Bible daily and it has become as food to me 
Now, I happen to love food. And so, there must be some food is listening to me on this journey. Well, let me tell you that I've found heavenly food, soul food, if I may. And it is it nourishes me like no other food. I dare you to try it, even as you ask God's Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. I know for certain that if you seek God with all your heart, you will find him. And his Holy Spirit indeed seeks out anyone seeking like a perfect bridge of faith right into the arms of our Heavenly Father. I pray that you all get to know just how precious the relationship with our Maker truly is. You have everything to gain and nothing to lose. Until next time, I love you. But God loves you infinitely more. Thank you.